in Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, we find songs being quite prominent, um, even though they may not have been sung in the way that we normally think of. But traditionally, they've come to be known as song. We have Mary's song, in which she says, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Zachariah's song, after John is born. We have the angel song here in our passage today in verse number 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And then what we looked at briefly last week was Simeon's song. The Nunc Dimittis, now dismiss your servant, uh, that he had seen the Lord's Messiah. It is worth noting, and I've mentioned before, that the Gospel of Luke ends with a song. Um, Some of the other Gospels end on a a darker note. Mark does, for example. Um, But Luke ends with the people gathering in the temple and praising God, singing praises to God. It's not a given, okay, But generally speaking, singing is associated with joy, and it certainly is in Luke's accounts. Um, And in Scripture, we find the same is true. In James chapter 5, is any one of you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? He should sing songs of praise. So joy, happiness, and singing seem to go together. But I want to look at the shepherds, and one might ask, why look at the shepherds when speaking about joy at Christmas? We are not told that they sang. Um, I think that they did. If you look at the end of the passage, uh, they were praising God, glorifying and praising God. Um, But remember what the angel said to them. I bring you good news that will be a great joy for all the people. And then a great company of the heavenly host uh, appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. We're not told that the shepherds sang. But I think they are a wonderful example of joy. And I see this in a number of things for a number of reasons. First of all, they were given a message. Um, How would anyone know that the birth of one child in Bethlehem, a smallish town outside of Jerusalem, how would anyone know that this was of any significance whatsoever? And the answer is no one would. No one would intuitively know, oh, yes, That's right, the Messiah is being born tonight, and he's being born in a stable in Bethlehem. They, in fact, would not know this. If it was something that you could know intuitively, I think Bethlehem would have been jammed with people who would have come to worship the Messiah. Uh, The Magi, as Mike read to us, they wouldn't have had to go to Herod to ask. And Herod and his religious leaders wouldn't have to look in Scripture to find out where the Messiah was to be born. On this Christmas Day, we need to remember that we require revelation from God. And in this story, he provides it by means of the angel and the heavenly host. It's not as though one of them said, you know, boys, I think something really special is happening tonight. In fact, many events in our lives, we don't realize that they are significant until years later that we're like, oh, yeah, when I met this person, that, that was important. But here with the coming of God's Son in the flesh required that God reveal it through his angels. And I think we need to recognize the important revelation and that it begins with God. That it is God who takes initiative. We aren't clever enough, we aren't in tune enough to know these things. Some years ago I was at a conference in Bali and I was talking to one of the participants and I don't even remember who it was. But all of a sudden somebody had said something and he said, I've got to go, I've got to go. He said, 
this professor from India speaking, and he always does these rants against Christians, and I've got to go hear him. So I decided, well, let's, let's go hear what this guy has to say. And among, well, the crux of his argument was that the religions of the Middle East, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, all require revelation. They have scripture. Whereas the religions of India do not. They have Hinduism and Buddhism, and they do not require revelation. I think he was far more correct than he could have ever imagined. Apart from God's revelation, we're left to our own devices. And in fact, we are left in the dark. Paul wrote to the Romans, how then can they call on the one whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. So we cannot know apart from the revelation of God, and I would take it one step farther. Apart from the revelation of God, there is no true joy. These shepherds experience joy because God reveals to them through the angel the coming of the Messiah. The second thing I see in the shepherds is that they listened well, and we'll see this more in the next point, but they in fact did listen well. They're not unique in this. As Luke tells the story, Zechariah listens Mary listens, Elizabeth, in essence, listens, and now the shepherds listen. These are people who listen well. In verse number 19, we are told that Mary treasured these things in her heart, uh, treasured them all up and pondered them in her heart. It is worth noting that not everybody listens, and not everybody listens well. It is wonderful that God reveals truth. It is wonderful that today is Christmas, but many people have not listened well, and they have missed the point. In Psalm 119, the psalmist writes, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Yes, but it requires listening. No matter if you are simple or not, you must listen. So how is it that I say that the shepherds listen? Well, this is the third thing. They went to see. I don't know if you've noticed as it was being read, um, they are not told to go to Bethlehem. The angel doesn't tell them, you need to go to Bethlehem to see this baby. They're simply told the reality that a child has been born who is Christ the Lord. And they didn't go to Bethlehem to see if it had happened. They went to Bethlehem to see what had happened. They had been told something. Something has happened. And they said, we need to go check this out. Not to see if it has happened, but in fact to see this thing that we have been told about. So they hurried off. It reminds me of the story of Abraham when Abraham is told that he needs to sacrifice his son Isaac. Isaac, your son whom you love. And the next verse says, early the next morning, Abraham got up. There is no hesitancy. The angel speaks to them, doesn't say go, but they go. This is the image, this is the picture of faith. There's no mental assent. You know, I think the angel's right. I believe what the angel said, and then they stay there. And there's no mere acceptance. That's cool. Christ the Lord has been born in Bethlehem. And there is no complacency. We can't go. We've got all these sheep to take care of. In an act of faith, where no one says go, they go to see the child that has been born. They went to see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And indeed, they found Mary and Joseph, 
and the baby who was lying in a manger. The fourth thing I see about the shepherds is that they told others. Think about it a minute. Let's suppose you had been one of the shepherds that night. You know, in Christmas pageants every year, uh, children dress up in bathrobes to play the part of shepherds, and they're part of the tableau, if you wish. They're part of the vista there in front, and you have this snapshot of the Christmas, the nativity scene, and that sort of is the end of the story. But it's not where the story ends. If you look at verse number 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. The story of the shepherds involves them telling others. They are not content to go. They do go. They're not content to see. They do see. They then turn around and tell other people about it. They tell them what they had been told, the revelation from God, and what they had seen, their own experience. And I would argue that sheer joy, by its very nature, can't be contained. It can't be held in, and they go and they tell the people that this is what has happened. I think it is the nature of joy to be shared, that if it's kept inside, then something is lost. You can't keep it to yourself. You have to tell other people the wonderful thing that has happened. But because it isn't merely good news for the shepherds, it is good news, a cause of great joy for all the people. Again, the angel doesn't say, hey, you need to spread the word. You need to tell people about this child. This is something they do out of the joy that they have. And lastly, we see that the shepherds praised God. If you look at verse number 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for, for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Here their joy is expressed, and it is the nature of joy that it must be expressed. And it reflects what the heavenly host said. They were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on, peace, or on earth peace on those in whom his favor rests. The birth of Jesus is a time for joy. The miracle or mystery of it, as Paul calls it, God appeared in a body. Or as we are told in what Dave read to us, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It is a time of great joy. And this is exactly what the angel told the shepherds. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. What could be better news? Let's pray together. Father, we live in a time, in a society, a culture in which the good news of Christmas has been replaced with other news, the news of gifts, of giving, of time with family. These are wonderful things. But we may, in fact, forget the true cause of joy. Your son was born. We thank you for these shepherds, men of faith, who went to see, not if this had happened, but they wanted to see what the angel had told them about. Here we are all these centuries later, and we still have joy. May our hearts be filled with joy as we remember the coming of your Son. Thank you for bringing us together on this Christmas Sunday.
We ask for your blessing, your grace, as we leave this place to spend time with family. And again, may our hearts be filled with joy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.